What's up, everyone? This is Pedro, GM and creator, World Walkers. You guys know the drill. Uh, we are currently going through some of the same stuff that all of you are going through. If you're listening to this in a somewhat timely manner, you know that there's a lot of crazy stuff going on out there with basically COVID and everything going on. It has slightly affected, slightly affected the way that we're going to be able to record the podcasts. Uh, at the time of recording this episode, we just couldn't bring enough people together to pull off a full-on episode. So, this week, we're doing a little bit of a world talker style. Uh, this whole episode's pretty casual, it's laid back, it's a round table where we talk about, uh, basically what we think about the game, role-playing in general, you learn a little bit more about us as a result, and... It's just laid back and casual, so I hope you enjoy it. Just um, hang out with us, and I don't know, beyond anything, like we say at the end of the episode, just stay healthy. Um, my my, Honestly, my purpose for all of this, right, especially right now, let's just hang out together. Let's keep watch each other's back. And, um, let's, let's stay sane. <laughs> uh, I'm going to really try to make sure that I do my part, do right by all of you. And so, yeah, hang out with us. It's important to note real fast that, uh, we don't have a few of our usuals, but, but what we do have is Marcus. You might know Marcus as the, uh, one of the artists for, uh, World Walkers. He has been doing the Dreamwalkers uh, art for everyone that turned in their characters last year for the Dreamwalkers uh, get-together thing. So if you made a character, you should keep an eye out on Patreon because as we get more and more art done, uh, we're going to post it. Marcus is doing all the uh, character design and line art. Uh, I'm doing the inks and the colors. So keep an eye out because your character is probably coming up pretty soon. So with that said... This is an episode of World Talkers, and if that's true, we're probably going to need some theme music. Because we're walking worlds and we're talking worlds with Pedro. Yeah, we're walking worlds and we're talking worlds with Pedro. Pedro. I did the show! Let's get on the show! Let me start off this real quick. So what I want to do is uh, I've heard from a lot of people they really wish that we would introduce ourselves every episode. And so let's at least do that for this. We'll go around, make sure everyone knows who we're dealing with, and we'll start with Shannon. My name is Shannon. Am I saying anything else? <laughs> it's up to you. This is your intro. Uh, bleep no, I'm bad. All right, Shannon, and no, I'm bad. I'll spice it that way. (laughs) I'm bad. All right, so uh, Shannon, do you do anything besides uh, this episode right now? No, this is the only thing I've ever done my whole life. This is my life. I'm not even on World Walkers. (laughs) You don't exist outside of this exact You know what? We'll do it this way. Let's have everyone introduce each other. Because no one likes to introduce themselves. Oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah. So, Callie, would you mind introducing uh, Shannon? That is Shannon right there. 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> and she plays Tristana. I think. I think now it's Tristana, baby dwarf, glass breaker. I don't know what else. I just heart, remember heart those of the team. Heart of the team. There you go. Uh, she likes to break shit and stand on hop or not on, on Harold's shoulders and uh, <laughs> make and does shenanigans. A it's like your tag. Uh, Yep. <laughs> That's Shannon right there. Does she do anything outside of this podcast? She's also in the podcast Retching Re- Retching Re- Bloodface. <laughs> Retching. <laughs> Resting Glitchface. It's a it's a Shadowrun podcast? Yes. Like, yes, yes. I've listened to like two episodes I think of it. But All right. And Shannon, would you like to introduce Callie? Uh, this is Callie over here to my oh, left. Uh, Callie used to play Layla, but then she uh, sacrificed Layla to the train gods. And yes. <laughs> now she plays Greg, who sounds like Mark Wahlberg. Um, Forget about it. <laughs> and um, yeah, he's a fighter. Not the class fighter. I think he's a monk. But mm-hmm. he, he's a brawler. We also have, for the first time, actually, we have Marcus. Marcus is one of our players from World Walker's Heroes. And over there, he plays uh, one of the adventurers who has to carry on the legacy that was left behind by the artifacts that they uh, are traveling with after having destiny kind of thrust upon them. Marcus is also the artist. Uh, one of the artists that we have for World Walkers, he is currently doing the Dreamwalkers art uh, that for the patrons that submitted their characters last year, and he's also a good person, just just a good person, <laughs> just real salt of the earth. Now Marcus has to introduce you. Oh yeah, yeah, and we have here Pedro, our wonderful, kind but stern GM. He controls our fate like a spiteful god. <laughs> <laughs> But the best type of spiteful, you know, like we just like offer them, you know, sacrificial lambs, some OCs, a few PCs. <laughs> so the idea of this is just going to be a relaxed round table. Um, I'll, I don't mind leading it. I've got questions from people and stuff, but like it can be whatever. I don't know. I want to kind of see where this goes because I think. Uh, I- I think you're going to end up with uh, however long of Animal Crossing. <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, Callie murdering a whole town so that whoa, she can whoa, have whoa, bunnies. Whoa, whoa. Hang on. I did not murder anyone. I just made them move out so I could get my bunnies. All right. Forced I evicted eviction? Them. I evicted them. <laughs> That's what I did. So we just kind of keep this loose. Just gonna make this this round table. Essentially, we all just are gonna hang out, talk for a while, and I've got a list of questions. Um, some of them from patrons and people who just are into the podcast and had questions. Some maybe just from wanderers who had stumbled across our way and left small little package of qu- not really. But um, <laughs> the first question I wanted to throw out to all of you is a really general one, and it's. Um, what makes you play role-playing games? Like, why why the interest? Why do you keep coming back to it? Um, yeah, what, what's, what is it all about, basically, for you? Now, uh, since Marcus is fresh and new, maybe we'll start with Marcus. Oh, God. 
Um, On the spot. In all honesty, it's uh, besides the camaraderie. um, I I enjoy the idea of like why most people play. They get to play a role. um, Like, you know, you get to try something new, right? Like some people play because, hey, you know, I've always wanted to be this. And, you know, like it's an awesome way to see that character come to life mine's somewhat similar to that but i change it up with the idea and i know i'm gonna get laughed at for this Ooh. but um essentially you know the scenarios like you do with your friends like guys if i was in a zombie apocalypse this is how it would happen so like I if there was some it. kind of plague exactly that was no. <laughs> just, yeah i get that and end times when i yeah <laughs> well but I, like with that in mind, like I, I always tend to, and you know, people can say it's boring. I don't think so. I, I tend to play like the character that I would portray myself in, in the situation. And yeah, I used to do a lot of like me being um, in the creative field and my imagination that goes in like, the stories and stuff. I always wondered, like, I wonder if I took the character that like I'd like to see myself as playing. I wonder if they would survive it, right? And I tend to do that. Like as sad as that is, like every, like even in video games. Um, like in uh, Mass Effect, you know how you can go bad or good. Mm-hmm. As much as I would love to play the bad role, I right. always, I, <laughs> so oh, hard. I'm, yeah, I'm like, oh, I punched that lady. Oh no, restart, save. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they, that person hates me now. No, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh no. And I like the idea of like, because I I like to see in stories uh, that that ideal hero archetype, and it's I've noticed. I guess in like recent, it's a lot about like being edgy or being like a villain turned hero, <laughs> stuff like that. I'm like, hey, that's cool, you know, like get variety and all that. But I guess I like being able to play like the hero that I think is like the, the, the quote unquote pure ideal hero. Um, plugging Captain America, my favorite. <laughs> but yeah, just just in that fact, like I, I like to see it play out in the stories that. Uh, you essentially create and i guess it's the fact that your world like the world building as well that's what intrigues me because and especially with world walkers i i compare it to other stuff and like i don't have a wide range but uh like what i uh what i spoke to you before pedro it's just very unique i, I never thought of like other uh, podcasts that i've seen like actually go the route that you go but again that's also because i'm a baddie and I don't really know other podcasts, but at the same time, I know what I like and I like this. So, and so speaking to that, like, so I don't know how many characters, at least in the World Walkers universe, uh, you kind of only have the one that we've seen so far, but Callie, you've mm-hmm. had a few, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> sometimes a few. more than one at a time. Uh-huh. So, uh, do you relate to all of that? Do you have your own reasons? What, what brings you to the role playing tables? Um, similar reasons, yeah. I think, you know, also just, like, personally, I've always enjoyed, like, writing and, like, story creating, but I'm also, like, it's hard for me to go all in on something. It's, like, I'm not, I'm good at, like, sometimes, like, the overall things, but getting into, like, the details of things, it's hard. So it's fun to be able to, like, role play stuff out in the moment and be able to get out, like, details of things and, like, just making stories with other people and fantasy worlds that all these crazy things happen is is just really cool to me. I've always enjoyed fantasy and all that stuff. So being able to like 
kind of feel like you're in it and a part of it is always as I think that's what really drew me into it a lot and just being able to yeah just try out all these different character ideas and crazy things and just being able to take the creativity that I like to try to have and can't focus on some other things and being able to kind of kind of focus it but also be kind of crazy with it I think yeah, that's yeah. That's the best part for me with it. What about Shannon? Um, It's pretty similar for me, too. Like, a lot of it is that creativity. Like, I like writing, um, and I like, you know, producing something for people to consume. Um, I actually uh, went to film school for a couple of years, and so once I came back, I kind of started doing role-playing games. Um, and it really kind of helped me find my passion because, like, I left film school and I, like, kind of lost it. And starting this again, like, made me kind of get that urge again. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's fun. You get to hang out with your friends. You get to meet really cool people who you never would have met if role-playing yeah. games didn't exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so something I wanted to bring up, too, is that, like, Callie, you had just mentioned fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um what is it about fantasy that you think dominates the role-playing feel? Like, there's a lot of games out there. There's a lot of different types of games. But why do you think that fantasy is what a lot of us keep going back to? And do you wish that we didn't? Um, I don't mind that we do. Like, I think it's fun to venture out of it every now and then. Because, you know, just getting some variety and stuff is always fun. And makes it more interesting. But I think fantasy is probably just because, I mean, a lot of times, like, you don't necessarily... I mean, sometimes you do, but most people, when they're role-playing, they don't just want to, like, role-play, like, you know, your basic Joe and something that might be able to happen. Or, like, the extraordinary of it that brings people to it. And it's just... It's just so outside of our realm that it feels like you can do more with it, maybe. It feels maybe, like, a little more free than some other genres of things fantasy stinks down with fantasy <laughs> Fuck, <wow>. shit. <laughs> just straight up so, man, that noise. <laughs> yeah, i i mean i'm half joking i like fantasy i really enjoy fantasy but i also really enjoy anything else when it comes to role-playing games usually fantasy is like my last choice or i oh, wow. i guess i kind of do the same thing like i default to fantasy because it seems easier but I would usually rather play other things. Yeah, like when I think about it, um, I like this gonna sound so tough. I like all of it, and the main reason I adhere more to fantasy is simply, and again, this is just my logic thinking. Man, you can it's like fathomable, like uh, like swords, armor, and all that stuff, because like it derives from real. Like we have that in real life. And don't get me wrong, I love sci-fi with the fact that like. Um, it's outer space. Um, Lasers. But yeah, see, and that's that's just it, right? Like, I know this is gonna sound weird, but like, well, are there real lasers like that? Are there real lightsabers? Do we have faith? Like, the tech. I guess mm-hmm. as weird as that is, I I adhere more to fantasy just because I I can like physically touch that stuff. Like when it come, like when like you can actually see a real sword. And it's like I I guess I just like gravitate more towards that, and I'm like I can hold a real one. If I were to think of that fantasy, right? Like, can I really hold a blaster? Can I, like, I 
go to a shooting range and shoot a laser and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, I love playing. I was obsessed with the Mass Effect series. I was obsessed about Star Trek, Picard, all that. But when it comes to role playing, it's that I just keep thinking, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go stick to fantasy just because logically, if I wanted to, I could get a real sword and do it in real life. Because that makes sense. <laughs> that obviously makes sense. I, I don't know. It's so it's so weird. So you're doing it for the LARPing is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that, that's just it too, right? Like in LARPing, technically, you can get like, you can have sci-fi LARPing. But even then, I'm just like, I'm just like, discon- pew, pew. Right? I'm, yeah, and I'm disconnected with them. Like, there's not a real laser that can mm-hmm. shoot someone. Not that I want someone to die from a laser, but it's just like. I can really cut your head off with this sword. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's weird. I'm so it sounds so violent. Like that's what my friends say. Like so, wait a minute. Your associate. It's it's like here's a here's a good example. My my irrational rational fear of ghosts opposed to monsters. So with a monster, if they were real, at least even if I were to die, I could get one hit in. I'd at least physically be able to hit it, and I'd feel <laughs> so good about myself. But if it was a ghost, right? Let's be honest. Can you punch a ghost? No. You gotta be at least like a level six monk on that, like, <laughs> right? at least. Who has the time for that? Who has the time you to level like, that up? Yeah, no, like, man, you just gotta get your vacuum cleaner out. Yeah. See, and, th- and th- I'm like, I'm just like, oh, God, your rationalization for, like, the things you love, like, makes no sense. And the same, like, with the things you fear, it's like, I like the sense. idea that the ghost comes for you, and you're like, no, no, I knew it'd be like this. You're whipping through it, and it kills you, and you're like, but I have so many questions. What does this mean? <laughs> like, a Bigfoot doesn't change your worldview, but no, if you get killed by a ghost, it's like, <laughs> what the hell just I like the idea that you're just like, it's killing you. You're like, man, if I could only touch you, it'd be different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yes. That's exactly I can take it. you. Marcus's fight response is much higher than his flight. Right. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean that in the game, ghosts are especially frustrating slash frightening for you? Maybe. Maybe don't that's tell, why. Don't tell him I, that. Oh, don't we're going to find that. some ghosts. <laughs> oh, no. I love the horror genre. That's why. And I specifically told Pedro, like, I loved the nightmares because... One, the battles were unique. Like that was, mm-hmm. I was like, God damn, that's so smart. And at the same time, like I said, I, I think in my head and I put my character, I'm like, how the fuck would I take that on? I could, <laughs> I could hit it. And then I would get frustrated too, because I hate using magic. And I keep thinking, oh, so like, would I trick my comrades to do magic so I could deal damage? Or would I do the damage myself and my comrades can use magic to kill it, but then I would berate them for using magic. marcus what is it like playing in the world walkers universe after listening to the podcast because i as i understand it like your exposure to world walkers was obviously like through the podcast alone like some people have actually jumped in just to play like oh that sounds cool but i think like you listen to the podcast first so like does listening to the podcast yeah i was gonna i want to ask you about this too does Either one of you guys can tackle this one. Does listening to the podcast affect the game for you at all or the way that you're immersed in it? Because, like, Callie, for instance, you just jumped in at Secret Door. Like, you mm-hmm. you came to one of the games I was running and you're like, oh, cool, let's play. But um, Shannon and Marcus, you have come to it through the podcast. So what does that do, if anything, for the way that you experience things or the way that you tackle the game in general? I'll say for me, I... I think listening to it enriched it more 
just because it's like playing it before was like, oh, this is cool. This is fun. But then like also getting to listen to it, it was like going back. I'm like, oh, I remember that character. or I remember that thing. Or I remember that. So, like <laughs> oh, yeah. Just being able to like tie things all together and like seeing where the interconnecting threads lie. And then just like when we get to meet certain characters or see certain places or things like it just makes it a little more, I guess, like exciting because it's like that recognition and familiarity. You're like, oh, I know this and this is cool. <laughs> I think for me, like being a fan of the podcast before I started playing, like I'm way more interested in the lore than I would like in any of my home games. Yeah. <laughs> Which I feel kind of makes me kind of a jerk. But like, you know, uh, <laughs> sorry, Mike and Eric for my home games. Um but, you know, I, I listened to the World Walkers podcast and, like, I was really invested in the story. And it's like, you know, there's all these things and it's like, oh, I want to know what, you know, I want to know what that thing is all about. I want to know, I want to know how this world works. And I want to yeah. know how, you know, just how, how this all fits together and how much this Pedro has, like, figured out. Yeah. Um, And so now instead of, like, you know, kind of zoning out... <laughs> <laughs> during the <laughs> oh okay during the lore descriptions i'm like way more invested i'm like oh yeah this is this is the sweet stuff <laughs> oh, lore god <laughs> i'm i'm actually pretty like i don't know i'm pretty invested in the other lores but i will kind of zone out and then have to ask eight zillion questions later see that's why i like i'm sitting there like writing notes the whole time i'm like oh okay yep for like any of my games <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of similar. Like, just the one thing is, I, again, like, I, I also joined because, like, I was in a state where, like, okay, I want to try to, you know, open up and, like, get to know people, like, build friendship and all that. But after playing it, I was I was actually very intimidated to play at first because, like, this was my very first D&D um, experience, right? And, again, I've, I've attempted before, but it was always, like, like a bad experience but i was you know like i, I thought like screw it i'm gonna try this and it was overall like i think it enhanced it because yeah i was absolutely thinking of like like yeah i really do tend to want to know about the lore but it definitely affects how i build a character because um and like that's the thing that i like i i know you can build a character and you can just make them fit but the idea yeah, of like yeah. learning the lore and then being able to be a part of that, like that's that's what I really like about um, being able to join the podcast because it's so cool seeing like uh, your character like in, in something like this, like growing up reading DC comics, Marvel comics, all all that stuff, like Image. And if you're ever like into a story, right? And you always thought like, well, if I had a character in that, I'd love to see it on page, right? And this is like kind of that experience for me. It's the fact that I created a character and I'm like, Hey, can I put this in your story? Lo and behold, absolutely. And you get to flush it, like, and you get mm -hmm. the you get the you get this witness it's witness their journey, and it's like amazing. I think that's just so amazing, like, because like I don't know, it's like the childhood nostalgia, like you create your own hero, all that, like, and you get to see it like come to life. You don't have to, and you and, and the thing is too, like you don't you get to see the other people's reactions, and that's what I love the most too. Like, I love. Again, like I said, the camaraderie, but at the same time, it brings like a different group of people, right? Uh, we all have different backgrounds, different like uh, career backgrounds, um, how we grew up, all that, right? And I've noticed that we all get along regardless. I, I mean, I know there's some games where 
it can sometimes like be a very hard dynamic and like sometimes it might not always get along but i guess maybe like that's just my mindset like i know you can't get along with everyone but like i love the fact that i can bring my character and i'm like we're gonna be bros oh i know you hate me <laughs> but uh you're gonna love me it's like no i want you to die together no we're not even friends no i know yeah. we're best friends <laughs> yeah like yeah. <laughs> so that actually makes uh, me think one other thing i wanted to ask you is what sort of game style is your favorite like if you uh if you're sitting at a table for the first time do you do you want a different kind of dynamic every time or do you have like a favorite of like you know ratio of silly to funny or like high drama player versus player that player tension like there's a lot of different ways to come at the game and like what is your fate not not that like you need to replace all your games with this one style but is there one that you really enjoy that it's like your favorite version i think it's that always makes me think of D comics um where that mom is like i love combat i love you combat as soon as combat leaves i'm really all about <laughs> role play 100%. I love you the most. But uh, <laughs> I don't know, just like I I love I I don't even want to give it a percentage cuz like the way the way sure. it pans out, I love seeing us like get into like realistic situations. I like the fact that when comedy does arise, it's not forced, it's just organic like Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like, um, as long as no one overkills it, but you know the whole Michael Scott thing where he's like, that's what she said. Okay, not mm-hmm. overbearing like that, but like say something <laughs> say something is happening, right? And everyone in the group is like they're thinking it like you guys you guys are witnessing this, right? Yes. Or we all think it's hilarious. Yes, we shouldn't laugh. No, probably not. Okay, uh like I like the I love natural those. humor. Yeah. yeah. And but it doesn't like, and that's the thing too. I do like the senses when it is serious. Um, and I remember, I can't remember which game it was, but it was. Um, I remember when we were, I think we were like at a, at a tavern at one point, and then when the seriousness came, right, like the guards came. I love that dynamic of like, oh, we're all safe, we're all having fun, boo. Yeah, so you chose wrong. And, we actually have to like, it was the first time I remember when we were in the bar. I had, I honestly had no idea what to do. I love the fact that I can't predict things because I didn't, I didn't know how to react. I was like, can I power my way through this? Sweet. Destroy two guards. Pedro, 50 more guards outside. Oh, <laughs> I chose wrong. But then I'm not alone in it, right? My, my uh, carmads are there and my friends are there to think like, okay, obviously that didn't pan out. So let's try something smarter. Me thinking like, yeah, but I mean, I did kill those two. And then someone warns me like, there's 50 more. Okay, but hear me out. Yeah. <laughs> I love combat, don't get me wrong. But I want there to be an actual build up to the combat. It would make more sense to me. That's why I don't mind the games that we had. In the very beginning, though, I will admit though, Pedro, like when we had like five games of like, all we did is talk. And I oh, still- know that's my favorite. <laughs> like, but see, but here, here's the thing though. It got there was a payoff. That's what I liked. But it was the very first time I played. Like so, I, if I remember, Pedro, like we just kept on making decisions of like where to go, who to trust. And again, this is a this is a first time player playing, and I'm like, I thought there would be some combat. And then when there finally <laughs> was combat, I was just like, holy shit, this is so cool. <laughs> so 
I do like that. So even when there are like, say there's two or three games in a row, right? And it's just role play. I'm like, I, I'm patient now. I'm smart about it. I'm like, oh, he's going <laughs> to fuck us later. And this is going to be awesome. We might die, but we're going to die together. Accurate. <laughs> what about, so Shannon, you play in a lot of different types of games. Is there a certain aesthetic, a certain... I play in a lot of games per week. Nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, to learn from you. I'm I'm actively in like five games right now. And I definitely like Do they all the- carry the same tone? Like like how much do you overpower the rest of the group with your Okay, all right, fine, <laughs> yes, a little bit. I was actually gonna say that too. I was gonna say like it depends on how much Shannon I unleash so much they I let try you to talk. dial back the Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I generally like I like more of the story telling aspect of the games i like more of the role playing i try to avoid comment at all costs i'm <laughs> I, in uh my other podcast rest in glitch face i have a character that literally cannot do anything in combat yeah <laughs> and i have no plans to change that ever um <laughs> and i just enjoy making like non-combat oriented player characters but i don't necessarily like I don't try and steer the group away from combat necessarily or like even like, you know, run away from combat if it happens. Um, Because I know like other people really like it. And like in one of my groups, like there's a lot of people who are like super combat oriented. And so like, you know, that one has more of a balance than say resting glitch face where we've never even heard of combat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What about for you, Kelly? Because I know, like, you're in a game that seems really wild. Anytime you bring it up, you're like, and then half of the vampires return to octopuses, but that's okay because two of us are princes. And <laughs> yeah. The baby's my, on the way. <laughs> my, yeah, my other group, we play, like, t- alternating games with, like, the two people. And, yeah, I like I like a good mix. I definitely really enjoy the role-playing aspect, so I definitely like games where like we get to be really in like there's a lot of drama with that but also like we're being a little silly with it and we can take a step you know in the middle of it and kind of like make a little joke but not like all the time you know it's i I like when we can kind of focus but also like have that lightheartedness when we need it pretty much all of my dms currently it's like you guys all are able to fuck us just enough that we're like oh shit (laughs) that like (laughs) We don't get too cocky, or when we do get cocky, we get brought down a peg for a minute there. And so, like, it's it's a pretty good balance, I think, in all of my games right now. So I, I definitely, I like the heavier role-playing and then just going into, like, the combat that just really makes you go, oh, shit. All right, what are we doing here? And that I think that's the hard part is, like, that finding that balance between when are we role-playing and when are we arguing? When are we um, bantering back and forth, and when do we just simply not agree what to do? I always think that that's a that seems to be a tricky balance to find for some groups because you don't know when. I don't know, like you don't know when a group, at least from my angle, I don't know when a group is having a good back and forth, and when they're sometimes like, "Come on, dude, do not." 
take us that way. We're going to fucking die. Like, and <laughs> yeah. so I wanted to ask about that. Like, I guess the two, two questions have in my mind and I'll stick with this one for now. What would you say to people who want to know how to back out of that situation? Like, do any of us have any tips for people that are like, man, it seems like our group just always argues. When do you all personally know? Are you able to discern that? Like when the group is arguing versus when the players are arguing? I think it's good. Like, you know, it's kind of just one of those things you have to be self-reflective. And like once you realize you're to the point where you're arguing as a person and not arguing like as a character, it might be a good idea to like step out and be like, all right, so like above the table, (laughs) this or like, you know, step back and have a meta discussion and be like, I think this is a good idea. It's not just my character saying this or like, I understand that my character thinks this, but like above the table, I'm okay with not doing it. Cause that's something I've done a lot. Like I like to play characters that make stupid decisions. (laughs) And so I will like say like in character, this is what my character wants to do. And that's her argument. And then I'll be like, Above the table, I'm okay with like doing this. Like, tell I her like no. that term too. I don't know. I hear that a lot. The above the so like it's like the version of real talk. It's like you pick your figure up off the table, just like holding it up above. Okay, this isn't this is me above it. Now I'm back on it. Yeah, yeah. It's the All same right. equivalent of Vegas. Vegas. Right. Vegas. Everything that <laughs> happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Now, yeah, I think that's a really good way to frame it. I think definitely like. Yeah, when you when you start feeling like emotional towards whatever the conversation is, probably means that somebody else is too. And mm-hmm. you definitely just like communicating afterwards or during and just being like, "Hey, like I hope just making sure that everything like this is in game. This is out of game." Just right. being able to really differentiate between I mean, there's been times like in my other group where it's like it's really dramatic or it was a really intense game and like, yeah. you know, afterwards it's like, "Hey, we're cool. We're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's okay. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about characters and especially character creation, how much of your characters are you versus someone different? Marcus, you started talking about this a little bit earlier, and I'd I'd be really interested to know in the World Walker's answer, but also just in general, like when you make a character, how much of it is you versus a persona that you're crafting? Um, so I like uh, whatever. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not as embarrassed anymore. Um, I definitely would say about ninety percent. Like, yeah, uh, the characters that I create are either it's 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 either a persona of me or and like I, I'd like to think that I'm going to eventually like be able to do what's that joke? First D and D character, super serious, very very clean, oh, vanilla. Yeah. Next character, I want to be a goblin paladin who carries yep. a great sword, but he's a bard as well. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd like to get to that eventually, but um, yeah, no. Like, then I, the next one's a baker. You that, don't even yes. want to. Yep. You don't even yeah. care about anything. You just want to play a baker. <laughs> that's my life. I feel like this is my whole life with D and D. But yeah, like I don't, I don't know. Like I, uh, as embarrassing as. It, some people may think like I, I like to put myself in the characters essentially. Like I just think it's fun that way. What about uh Shannon when it comes to making characters, how much of it is you versus uh the character? I mean, there's always a little bit that's me because like I'm playing the character. <laughs> Do you think but... it's possible for someone 
not impossible or possible, I suppose, but like, what are the chances you think that someone can make sure that none of themselves is in there? I I would say uh, the chances none? are you should be a professional actor. I would be hi- yeah. even they though put themselves. I would be highly suspicious yeah. of someone. I I try to make my characters different. I try to like come up with enough backstory. And enough of an idea of who they are to make their decisions real. It's not like, like I said, I often like end up disagreeing with my, my characters. Like I'll be like, my character wants to do this, but like, I'm fine with going with the group. Like she's going to go or whatever. I'm just going to (laughs) argue or like complain (laughs) Mm -hmm. as we do. As we go to sleep in the middle of the road. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hugs, Callie. <laughs> um, but I, I, like I said, I, I try to have an idea. Like, I started making little character Bibles of my characters. Most of that was because I, I'm playing too many a week. And so it's a little harder to keep everyone straight in my brain. Um so I started making these like character bibles and it's just like this is her background and this is this and this is this <laughs> and like um even some of the things it's like okay so I'm interested on a liar so why is she a liar yeah. and like I, I I like and like maybe it's some trauma related to this or like whatever and so I I just I kind of try to you know dig as deep as you can with a hobby you do <laughs> Yeah yeah what about Callie? Um, I love to make all different kinds of characters. For me, it's like I kind of I think inadvertently kind of end up like making a lot of like character studies almost if I try. Yeah. You do an awesome like, job too. Like thank of you. making all your characters unique. I like, think I, the big yeah. difference that I always think of is Mabel versus Nova. <laughs> because yeah. like Nate Nova has left entire adventuring parties behind to just be fucked by governments, but at the same time has, like, found a way to stick with uh, the COG crew in season one of World Walker's COG. And then you get to Mabel, who is this this small little French mouse in World Walker's Rolanus, and just was so pure and, like, would cry easily and just wanted to make music and piss off dwarves, and <laughs> I, I find that I'd ha- I'd have to think about it, but I think it would be I would be hard pressed to think of another player in the World Walkers uh, universe right now that has made such a variety of uh, characters in terms of role playing. Like they can make different kinds of role like characters and stuff, but your ability to separate the characters is pretty impressive. Like, especially because like you know how to make like devastating characters. And I remember like when you made Layla, you had said, like, man, this is rough. Like <laughs> you had kind of yeah. commented on Layla's uh uh, more subdued approach to combat, yeah. and I always thought like, but Callie could just make her a fuck killer, but <laughs> yeah. I realized that Callie won't because I, yeah. that's not the character. It's not what the character's calling for, and I was always impressed with that. Even if we needed Layla to start killing people, 
Pull the trigger. And even so, I ended up making her probably more (laughs) aggressive than she should have been. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. But yeah, no, I I think, I don't know if it's like, because, you know, I've always been like, initially when I was in college, like I started out in psychology and then I was like, yeah, I don't do that. So I don't know if it's like, I'm just really interested in like psyches and like different personalities and things. And so I just like to really like, I don't know, every character, I always like to bring out different things in them and try to think of. Like, yeah, like you said, like, this character, like, I have my character in my other game, like, she's a liar also, like, it's like, okay, these are all the reasons, these are the things in her background that have made her into this, and just, like, I like tying all those things together and seeing how it tries to create into, like, a, I try to create, like, a 3D character, you know, and see how, I, I, I really like, I've always done this for myself, and I think that's another thing I like really about role-playing games is I always really enjoy thinking of situations and possible future things and like how would my character react to this and thinking like what would their emotions be with this and just trying to like explore that a lot and so i like to be able to do that with all different kinds with my characters so digging into this idea that you guys all work so hard on your characters do any of you feel a responsibility to keeping everyone else's character alive? Like, how do you balance that? Because I know that, like, there's obviously, what would my character do? There's also, we got to make sure that the mission gets done and we can't fuck up the group to save one person. How do you all balance that? And do you feel an actual responsibility for the other player characters at the table. Because I do think that there's an aspect to the game of like, look, if so-and-so wipes, I mean, they're not leaving the table. They'll make another right. character. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, how do you all balance that? Where where do you all fall on that question? I'm the type of person where I get super attached to mm-hmm. other people's characters. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> like, I don't... like. You know, if people want to change their characters, Callie, calling you out. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. If people, if people want to change their characters, that's fine, obviously. And if people's characters die, dies, that's fine also. But, like, I like when there's, like, a, a moment sort of thing. Like, if your character, like, if Tristana and Layla had gotten along better, like, <laughs> I would have, yeah. <laughs> I don't get along with anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I would have made it more of a point to, like, this upsets me. But, like, I I had thought about it because, like, I was going to do that. And then, like, uh, I was told about Layla's death. It was just like, oh, yeah, Layla, like, died or whatever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, uh, okay. And, like, I'm like, well, and Tristana, if these guys don't care, and they've been traveling with her for a really long time, yeah. and, like, Tristana mostly just butted heads with Layla. Like, mm-hmm. And most Layla- of that was my fault. I went for the comedic exit. I thought it'd be really funny if Layla just left the way other people have left in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about Marcus? Do you feel a responsibility to keep each other's characters alive? Uh, <laughs> um, with my... Well, like... <laughs> Well, no, like, because, like, the characters that I I build, like, I always like the sense of, again, again my favorite type of hero, it's the idea, the idea, like, self-sacrifice, right? And the characters that I play, and, like, I, I haven't played a lot, but the characters that I do tend to build, like, the hero mentality, the, the, like, the idea of their strength, just what I think, especially to me, just because you're strong, 
right? It doesn't necessarily mean you're strong. And at the same time, you have a responsibility with that strength to help people, help others, right? Like I grew up like- I get it, Marcus. I'll start yeah. doing more. Oh my God, there <laughs> No. Clearly you're talking about my personal strength. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. No, well, yeah, no, like, um, and, and that's just that, like, I do get attached to the characters because, like, one, when I find out their personality, right, like, that's what's going to, like, screw me over. Like, oh, my, oh God, I love this character already. <laughs> I would lose an arm for you. I didn't ask you. I know, I know, but you, you see this arm? As now he, you know. <laughs> this is your arm. Carves the name <laughs> on it. my arm. Well, this happened recently in the uh, Heroes game that happened on yeah. Saturdays. Um, two of the characters died before they got out of the tower they were exploring. Oh, shit. And, uh, like, Marcus was like, <laughs> Crow was so carrying them on his back. And it's like, you're encumbered. He goes, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. This oh. is my burden, and now I feel it, or something. Mm-hmm. And I love moments like that. It was so good. Like it was obviously comedic in an effect, in a in a sense. But so, speaking of moments, do you all have a favorite moment uh, from the game so far? Or no, you know, screw it. Like favorite gaming moment. It doesn't have to be from World Walkers. Like, what's one of your favorite tabletop memories? I no, you know what? Actually, this was one of my favorites, and like it comes down to what like I'm torn between combat and lore, and but like yeah. when they like combine, it's my favorite thing. So the moment we were fighting that dragon, I was scared. Was like I was like, we're which dragon? Die. <laughs> uh, Vanessa. Do you want to describe what happened? Okay, okay. So essentially, we we were all at a casino, and we decided, you know what, we got to steal. Uh, the, the entire um, city was being run essentially by this dragon and it was like a very clean, pristine city. But the only reason why it was clean and pristine was because they were getting rid of all the poor. Uh, they were getting rid of all the poor in a disagreeable way, which I, uh, my character did not agree with. Um, and basically we wanted to uh, get rid of the power that was in charge. Um, we, we figured out she was a dragon. This, uh, lady who was an owner of the casino hall and we kind of like charged in half cocked not really with a real pl- like we had a plan <laughs> it didn't go our way <laughs> so typical D D. okay yes mm-hmm. yes and um and uh, the thing that i hated the most i guess was like how the hell are we going to take this thing down because it flew <laughs> in the air a hundred percent i was like great it's in the air how am i supposed to attack that i have a giant sword hmm. so it was us trying to take it down and, and attack it and she was doing area of effect damage we were struggling just to like find ground or a strategy just to just to fight it not even deal damage just like where can we position ourselves just to reach it and lo and behold we had one character who basically talked her down <laughs> and it was fantastic hearing him talk and like spitting out like facts and everything. i was just like we can win this way? There was the first time. <laughs> first time. I was like, wait, what? What? And I was like, you could win with words? <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is amazing. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As surprising as mine, too. And I'm like, the funny thing was, like, Crow will never do this, which did create the bond, <laughs> which, okay, who's our best talker? Looks around the room, ha, ah, Rich, bro. 
He doesn't like you that much. Oh, but he will. I take enough hits for him. Oh, yeah. he will. He kill enough people. He'll like me. So, yeah, I know it was. Uh, it was awesome, and like I loved that moment because it was so unexpected. But at the same time, it was just. Uh, it was. It was just really cool. Like I. That was a really fun moment. Yeah. Like everyone had a sigh of relief, and like I uh, and like I was asking the guys after it too. I was like, "Is this common?" It's like, yeah, it could have, like you could basically go the entire campaign if your charisma's high. You roll your rolls, and like you could just lie your way through everything. And I'm like, that's pretty impressive. My character is like can't do that alone, but I love the fact mm-hmm. that I have teammates that can do it. Yeah, I I was gonna say my favorite World Walkers moment so far, um, just in the parts that I've played. Um, ha- it it was whenever we went into the pool and saw the future. I really, really liked that moment, and I liked everyone made really good character choices. Like, you know, I feel like sometimes with World Walkers, like we're kind of trying to get a laugh, <laughs> um, <laughs> as opposed to like this is absolutely what my character would do and i like that everyone kind of like okay this is a serious time and we're all gonna do things that are based on like really good character moments i also like that it kind of like you know we already have had four seasons or three seasons of the podcast and so we already know that like this is gonna be like serious stuff but that was the first time that for us it's like these are the stakes yeah. It was yeah. the first time where we got to see how serious what we were doing was, and that is also very cool. In all of the World Walker stuff I've done, I think some of my favorite role playing, I think it was probably in Rolanus, like getting like role playing with like Paddington and stuff, like especially when we got Paddington back in the group, like stuff like that. It was it was like it hit me hard, and then like it was just yeah, I I really liked those ones a lot. Mabel Paddington is my favorite duo. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For those that don't know, um, we ran another group, the the Refugees of Rolanus, and they played it's it's funny, every time we talk about it, it gets longer. So we said like a little over a year at first, and then well, here, it was a I, year I can, and a half. Yeah, I can tell pull me. Pull up tell me. my notes because I have the dates on it. So the last time I asked someone, they said it was a little over two and a half years. And I was like, okay, um, I think it's not two and a half, but I think it was close to two. Rolanus, we started in April 2018, the beginning, to, yeah, so almost two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost two years. And in that time, they managed to rebuild and save Rolanus. Kind of. And <laughs> hashtag, hashtag not my Rolanus. <laughs> hey, it could have been gone still, so <laughs> take what you get. <laughs> but I, I always thought that was really interesting is that, like, this group, hearing the podcast and – um being sad about Paddington, they found him <laughs> and decided to rescue him and then refused to let him go. Never ever. Like it was Never. it was such a contrast because like you know, if you listen to uh Fun Times in the Forest, they they lose Paddington and they're pretty like, oh, what are you gonna do? And it's <laughs> it's it's funny, but that's about it. And we made revenge plots. <laughs> the like yes. the Rolanus crew was like, never, we will never leave him. But it was such an exact opposite of what happened 
in the podcast. It's like, we will never fucking, like, there's many times that something would happen and he would disappear. You guys would lose him for a while. Nope. Well, we nope. have to go get Paddington, if nothing yep. else. Like, Every yeah. time. <laughs> he uh, would fucking live. Yeah. Like, no. I think once, I think once, didn't Josh, like, put him in a sphere? Because, like, I was on TV. He, he was, Paddington was trying to protect Mabel. And I was like, no. And I got off him. Yeah. And then Josh, like, sphered him or tried to. Yeah, so like a globe of invulnerability. Yeah. yeah. Like, We're like, no. I will die. You will not. I think that the Rolandus group might be the highest level. I, I and mean, World we got, Walkers. He has 11. I was so close. I was so Damn, close 11? to getting my mansion. Yeah. I was so close. Yeah, Mall Mabel wanted was the Magnificent I, Mansion. They were like one just, level off, I think, or something. I just, I just wanted a Mabel's <laughs> Magnificent Mansion. That's all I wanted. I That's all I want in life is to get a fucking Magnificent Mansion. Ah, <laughs> uh, so close. So I, I have left this little tidbit in the games uh, for a while now. I'm going to throw this out there. I don't think anyone's ever caught it. Maybe maybe one person has. If you listen to the d- description of Mercurius in the first uh, couple episodes, I describe magnificent mansions. Oh. And the idea in my head, I've never actually, I guess, declared it, but I am also the GM, so I guess my head canon is canon. I don't know how it works. Yeah, but like. Yeah. When you summon magnificent mansions, they come from Mercurius. Has been my my oh. little inner thought. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, because <laughs> you're pulling something from dreams and oh, building so with your imagination. If Mabel had one, it'd be Mabel's Mercurius Magnificent Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I keep describing them in Mercurius write-ups. Okay. And, I, yeah, it's just magnificent mansions. That's how I always say it. Nice. I have a weird um, relationship with the answer of what's my favorite moment because, like, sometimes they come from the editing because I get to uh, reinforce moments and stuff like that. Or, Mm -hmm. like, um, I really – one of my favorite moments actually just happened recently. It's the – but you have to listen to it in the podcast. And it's the – when we break down Obrimos. And what that's like, because the music I got to use, I've been sitting on since January 14th of 2019. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, I found that song, and it's, the song's name is, like, huge Obrimos moment, fucking save, or something like that. And mm-hmm. so, like, I'd been waiting all this time to use it, so dropping that in was really big. I really like, um, I mean, I'm a sucker for callbacks, so my my favorite moments are... Not necessarily things that explosively happen, but they're like little callbacks like, oh, if somebody ever listens to this and then thinks of this and then thinks of that, oh, damn. Like, <laughs> or um, I have it on my computer actually right here. My One of my favorite lines is from Tompkins in season three, and it's when he, he looks up at 10 and he says, I don't know you, but I miss you. That's like my favorite line. Oh, yeah. I and Because that, that was spontaneous, so it means a lot more than if I had thought about it ahead of time. Or I think I know Brimos, the line that people say is like, just because it didn't happen doesn't mean it never happened. Mm-hmm. Little things yeah. like that are my my favorites. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I also am a huge fan of when Vernon was using his shield to protect the group, because mm-hmm. to me that's when Pathfinder came together in a big way for me. Pathfinder is cool, 
but it's kind of another version of D20, and it doesn't have to have a large difference. But then when you start using rules like that, and he rushes forward, puts the shield up, the shield takes half of the damage, then splits the rest up, and he's really scared that his shield's going to break. And like that whole interaction was, I was like, yes, I knew. I knew. <laughs> um, I'm really curious, like, because now you're all playing Pathfinder in World Walkers or World Walkers adjacent. How has that transition been? How do you feel about uh, Pathfinder? I think I was asking you all like every week at first. Like, what do you think? What do you think? Is it good yet? Is it good yet? Um, but now that we're we're in it, we've seen it. I think a number of times in action. So where do you all fall with it? I, I mean, it's pretty good. I don't think I've really had the moment where like, because I don't know, like the the parts that I've had that have been super different from like Five E were more so with Layla probably just in like the whole spellcasting stuff and like. That was more frustrating than it was. <laughs> that was good. I felt so bad. <laughs> I I was not super thrilled with that, and because especially just like not if I started out at level one, that maybe I would have gotten used to it better. But yeah, but so I mean, I, I like it. I haven't had the moment where it's like, oh man, this is woo. But I mean, it's still pretty good. But I, I don't. It hasn't like really super differentiated itself from. 5e and i'm more comfortable with 5e so like i'm still trying to find that comfort with it as someone who super didn't like 5e i super do like pathfinder too i liked d20 i like 3.5 i like pathfinder um and i i've really been liking pathfinder too i think that the things i it's clear it took some of the good things from 5e but it also added some of its own good things and yeah, I I I like it. I would play it. I would run it. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. What about Marcus? <laughs> I am learning it still, and as as soon as I finally freaking remember to add my goddamn level to my freaking, <laughs> I will be happy. That's my moment. The moment I don't have to be reminded because I know for a fact, like I got called out, like after like our game, Pedro. They're like, your attacks are decently strong but i feel like they're not as strong and then i had to like explain to rich what i was calculating and he yeah. looked at me like why did you add seven what why did yeah you add that was seven? super funny to me i was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's like I was, he was like so confused like you're normally like you know you could add this right i'm like oh like, yeah i'm like oh. here's okay here's the one i really wanted to ask so let me ask you guys this what's the worst trope that you see in role-playing games and tabletop games. All tropes are great. There is no worse trope. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with I I like tropes because I like turning tropes. I like taking tropes and then, like, turning them. Like, you know, when I made Mabel, I was like, I'm going to do the innocent, pure little thing that I can. And then just, like, how far does this go? (laughs) How far can we take this? Like, I'm ah. glad you said that because I like I like tropes and I think that when people diss on tropes, it's because they think that they're better than the trope. And they have expectations not, and, oh, not. and they 
I, I feel expect like, things. I feel like it's sort of the same thing, like how people say they don't like puns, and like everyone actually <laughs> likes puns. Everyone loves puns. Yeah, wordplay is amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like people are like, oh, I'm too. Cool. It's like yeah, I don't want the donut. Yeah, you want the donut. You're just trying to be smarter than us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I like I, like the tropes. It's like people have these expectations, and they're like, ugh. And then it's fun to just subvert those and make make people either really hate or really love a trope that they thought they knew. I don't even I don't even want to subvert them. I'm like, start us in a bar, man. Let's start in a bar, have a bar fight. I want to meet yeah. you and say, you look trustworthy. <laughs> I don't know if this falls under trope, but I, I'll tell you the, I don't know how we can phrase this as a question, but one of the things I, I always think is a truth at any table is I, I'm always fascinated by the fact that players or player characters always think that they're right in any <laughs> given situation. What? What? And no. it supersedes any moral argument that they will make or previously have made. So my example <laughs> is when players um, are being arrested – and they're like, this is fucking <laughs> bullshit. I can't believe you. You'll never make me talk. You'll never make me talk. Yeah. I want, yeah. oh, my God. And, like, they, they hate the law. They hate the, the guards. Everyone's corrupt. Then they'll tie a kid to a chair and they'll get ready to torture him. This sounds really like, specific. Pedro. It is weird, right? It happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It never happens. <laughs> and it's like, guys, guys, right, you guys are going to cross the line. Like, oh, he'll talk. What's he going to do, not talk? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But then the players are in that situation, <laughs> and they're like, you can take both my fucking hands. I don't give a <laughs> shit. And, like, everyone, like, all the players are like, yeah, they cannot break us. And I'm like, I just want consistency. Mm -hmm. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah I... <laughs> Yeah, it's one of my favorite things is watching, like, I remember, <laughs> I remember specifically, I'm sure you'll remember this in a second, Callie, it happens in COG season one, where yeah. the, you know what I'm talking about? I think maybe. The, yeah. <laughs> the captain of the guard situation, right? And he's taken down Nathan's character. He's taken down Darvin. And he's got him essentially like an execution range. And he's like, everyone, okay, it's time to stand down. Like, we've all had our fun. But if you don't do what I say, I'm going to execute your friend. And the group was like, fuck him. Fuck him and fuck you. We'll never <laughs> I mean, break. We'll <laughs> never break. And that makes sense for Nova. I ain't shit talking Nova. Um, and I'm not saying it doesn't, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't matter what group and what characters they had. They would never allow it. But then you go that, a little bit later in the season and they're trying like they've got this poor young uh uh sorcerer like oh, yeah. and she's chained yeah. up and they're like, You're gonna fucking tell us everything. And it's like you just all refuse to save your friend. <laughs> what is this? Your dad's book? Fuck your dad. Fuck your dad's book. <laughs> and it's like what? Why is there? Why is there a difference? She's gonna fucking break. Like, <laughs> Jesus. That was just that group too. We 
We refused yeah. to fucking <laughs> give up to shit. We did that with everybody. No, <laughs> I know. We were and, always like, fuck you guys. But it's like one of my favorite, like, quote, I guess one of my favorite player truths. I don't know if you all have player truths, but that's the player truth I recognize a lot. Players always think they're right. And they don't understand why people, they get so upset if if people, it's like, it's like having, like you're playing a video game and one of the NPCs says, hey, fuck you, Callie. And you're like, what? How does it know my name? Like the <laughs> level of, of offense that must come from someone in the game going, no. Yeah. I don't think I've really ever thought of that before. Like player truths or DMs truths. And I think yeah, a lot of it's no. like I play with the same group a lot. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's just a, a, a Mike thing or an Eric thing or whatever. Do you, th- like, when it comes to GMs, do you like knowing um, what goes on behind the curtain? Or would you rather just take a step back and not know? I, I feel like it's sometimes detrimental to know too much about the process. Because if a GM, let's say a GM creates a door. And in two games, you go back to that door and you find out it had all this wonderful lore. But if the GM didn't know what was behind that door two sessions ago, does it ruin it to know that he he came up with it in between this time and that time? Like, things like that. Like, do you like knowing? Does For, it take away to know how much is improv and how much is... Or does it not matter? For me, kind of personally, I like I like knowing. I love talking shop. I love, like, and it mm-hmm. might be because, like, I'm a GM as well. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I, I love talking shop. I love finding out. And I also like talking lore. And so, like, I like finding out all these things. And, like, if I can also, like, get a say in the world building, yeah. that's awesome, too. Like, if it's like, yo, Pedro, what was behind that door? And you're like... I don't really know. I'm like, what if? Yeah, yeah. It was this. Like, that's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> I like knowing. I don't need to know like everything, but I definitely like a certain level of like being able to ask and like knowing things because it it just impresses me sometimes. Like knowing that that stuff was improv, or like knowing that this was there wasn't, or knowing what you did have prepared and what you didn't, or like it's fun to sometimes like ask like. What would have happened if we'd done this when, you yeah. know, it has no effect? And it's just like, I, I like knowing, I don't need to know everything, but I like, there's just some certain times that it's just really interesting to find out what was behind the scenes and like how what we did affected certain things. Or like, it's yeah. it's really interesting to see that process sometimes. I, I really enjoy that occasionally. And it's just like, it's just kind of impressive sometimes to like know what there was and what all goes into it. Um, I, I only like knowing after the fact. I like game, being kept in the dark. And this is just like me punishing myself because that like I still play it. I play it like an RPG as well. Like our, I've read R.L. Stein Goosebump books, like the ones where you choose your own destiny thing. Oh, yeah. I did that brutally. I never kept like, you know how some people kept their fingers in the pages. And I'm like, oh, what if I get a bad ending? I just went, I just went forward. I was yeah. like, screw this. And I, I like the idea of like being strategic or like I'm gonna try my best to survive this situation or choose the best course. And if I survive, sweet. If I don't, eh. But at the same time, like I do want to find out after. Okay, so Pedro, now that I fucked myself, <laughs> right? <laughs> what could have been? What could have happened? Explain right. to me, to, right? So 
Yeah, no, like I like during like being kept in the dark. After it's like, tell me everything. Yeah. I need to know. Yeah, I I'm always terrified I'm going to ruin the magic for someone. Like when we do walkie talkies or we do other things, um, and I'm in interviews and stuff. Like I'm always nervous that if I reveal something, that it's it's fucked. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm always nervous that someone's gonna go. You didn't come up with that 15 years ago, and you've been sitting on that. <laughs> I don't know, cause I do. There's a lot of stuff. That I've been sitting on for a real long time, you know? But, like, um, for instance, like, uh, the Seven Wizards. The Seven Wizards were, uh, in the first year of World Walkers, they were just really cool, powerful wizards who had mm-hmm. uh, done one thing on Menroth. And then it didn't take too long before I started, like, developing their backstory. But I never told anybody who they were or weren't. So I just kind of developed it to go along because it's a living story. It's a living set of worlds and stuff like that, you know. Um, and then, like, we get to now and I'm always like, man, people going to call me out? People going to be mad? Like, are they okay with it? Because I, I like to think, maybe I'm not, but I like to think I do decent enough improv. I really mm-hmm. like Im- – a lot of the banter is improv. I almost never have anything pre-written. The only I'm like I know Benjamin Manley had a couple of lines in season two that I had pre-written because I knew I wanted to hit those notes about the responsibility and the evolution of the gunslinger creed. Um, generally speaking, everything's improv. Haversack is pure improv from Cog. <laughs> he never had a line written for him. Um, Tompkins, I think, is. No, Tompkins is pure improv. Like, I wrote out what he knew, but he – I loved Tompkins because he was pure improv. But, yeah. like, um, banter is almost always improv. A good X amount of lore um, I have to make up on the fly, but it's informed by all the stuff I wrote previously. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know where people are going to fall on that. Like, are they going to be upset? Are they going to go – I don't know. This dude is no G. Like, <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where people fall on it, you know? I actually have a lot of sympathy. Uh, this is where I might get some shit. Not for everything that she's done, because she's a, kind of a terrible person now. But when when J.K. Rowling first started doing interviews, Oof. and no, I know. <laughs> this is, Biggest child no. disappointment. Well, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, she's yeah. terrible now. And terrible for a long time. Yeah, you are the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm saying, like when she first started answering questions about the lore, I was like, "Why are we upset? It's her right. lore. I don't know what she did and didn't know, and she can answer. She can extrapolate from the shit she wrote. Like it's we're asking her. She took a real fucking fast turn down south, but like, yeah. boy, did she? Yeah, she's yeah. terrible." I, I, I agree. Like, whenever Pottermore first came out, it was really cool. And you had all this right. new lore, new stuff. And, like, whenever she first said that Dumbledore was gay, it's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I- like, that – but then, like, well, we don't need to get into why she's problematic. We all know. We all know. Yeah. She's why gross. she's problematic. Her word is law. Reprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> she's reprehensible. But it was really cool at first. 
Well, that leads us to, I think, the final question of the night. We've talked a lot about like our thoughts on role-playing and stuff like that, but I'm curious, what is something that people would be surprised to know about you as individuals? Like, what's something that people just don't know about you? Like, I... I think I've talked too much, so I think there's a lot of people, stuff people, like, I spent a summer driving white supremacists out of uh, my city, and I had to carry a pair of <laughs> yeah. metallic nunchucks uh, to help me do so. I think I've told that story enough times that that's not surprising. I That's surprising. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, know what sorry. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this. I didn't know the nunchuck I, part, but... <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't know that about you. So. Oh, well, you'd be surprised yeah, to know that. No. <laughs> but no, I'm wondering if there's anything that we all have that would be surprising. Um, I don't know. It's really hard for me because I'm like a super open book. I really like cats. Uh, <laughs> I knew that. No. <laughs> I really like crafting. I have really bad anxiety. Yeah. Which you'd be surprised because I'm on a thousand podcasts, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can throw that out then. So one thing people might not know about me is that I was absolutely terrified of speaking in front of people. Absolutely, I campaigned against it in every class I had. I thought about doing theater, and I was like, but only if there was no one there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to. Yeah. That's what this podcast is. Yeah. I know. It's funny. Like, (laughs) I I really wanted to. I was like, I wonder if I could act. And I don't know if I'll be able to, but I don't want anyone to see me regardless. And like my senior English uh, class, we had to write out our expectations. We had like three or four pages worth of stuff that we had to answer. And I turned literally every question into as long as I don't have to talk in front of anybody. And she made it a point to make sure I had to give speeches in front of the class. Her name was Mrs. Moriarty, and she was a fucking villain. Um, Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a a villain name. No, but it helped, obviously. I don't like admitting it, but it helped. Um, But no, terrified. Terrified of being in front of people. That's why I gave up my – I wanted to be a stand-up comedian for years. Mm -hmm. Really thought maybe I could make someone laugh. And I was like, well, they'll have to see me, and I'll have to be in front of people. Nice try, assholes. And so I focus on cartooning instead. I think you would have been an amazing comic. Thanks. But yeah, that's my maybe you might be surprised to know. The only thing I can come up with, I already said earlier, was like I went to film school for a couple of years. Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah. I what would you have done if you had... Um, I wanted to be a writer-director, um, but I minored in acting. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed doing it, but also, like, capitalism really got me down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and kind of crushed my spirit. Also, like, just how sleazy Hollywood is. And that's kind of why, right. like, I stopped doing a lot of creative things for a while. And once I started playing RPGs again, it kind of brought me back, which was mm-hmm. cool. Might be surprised to know that Shannon's an, uh, an award-winning podcaster. And the first time I ever played a tabletop RPG was on a podcast. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. That's how I joined Gamers Table, is they wanted to find someone who had never played before and um, teach them how to play and do um, an actual play of it. And I, one of my friends was friends with one of the guys on it. 
And um, she knew I had really wanted to play D&D for a long time. And so she um, she's like, hey, why don't you play this with my friend? And I'm like, okay. And so I met seven weird men that I had never met before in a basement <laughs> to play D&D. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I guess for me was this podcast has helped a lot. Um, me, like, just coming out of, like, I mean, I'm more extrovert than I am introvert, but I know that I can do one or the other. Like, I don't mind being alone, but um, it allowed me to come back out and, like, meet people, I guess, and, like, uh, help to build a lot of, I guess, like, mental strength for me, like, doing this podcast and, like, meeting everyone else. Um, Something that people don't know about me, I guess. um, I was never athletic when I was younger, and this podcast has helped me and I actually am competing in things now. So that's nice, I guess. I do, yeah, competitive powerlifting right now. which I really Oh, that's do. cool. I guess going along with like the like RPGs and stuff, like RPGs have probably like, like D&D and stuff has helped me maybe kind of like explore and discover my sexuality a bit yeah. too. So that's kind of been interesting, I guess. Um because, like, things that I was already, like, kind of not sure of, and then, like, there was a character in my other game that it was just kind of like, huh, this feels like me. That's awesome. And then just being able to explore that a bit more, so I guess that's, yeah, D&D helped me discover myself a bit That's in awesome. That. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Badass. Is that, like, uh, uh, see, this is what I like. It's, I don't want to say it's a coping mechanism, but, like, I like the fact that, like, playing this game is, yeah. is, it, it heals everyone in a certain way, whether or not you even see it. And I'm not saying like it even heals. It's just like, it really does though. It's, yeah. it is kind of a coping, honestly. Like it helped me, like, I guess it helped me like explore my sexuality a bit. It helped yeah. me kind of like deal with my, like, you know, some grief of people passing and like, it's an escape, but it's not always just escaping. It's just yeah. like a, it's like dealing with things as a different person and kind of like helps you to just, I mean, a lot of times even like in like therapy and stuff, like they do role playing. Like yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a reason for it because it puts you in the situation where you're safe, but it's a lower you stakes still version. deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Th- yeah it's like there's yeah. a reason they do it. It helps you to deal with it. So for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, it, it helps me because I'm an extreme extrovert. Like I need to be around people all the time, and I um I've told some people that, and I don't think that they always understand. Like they're like, must be nice to be an extrovert, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. But I I am an extreme extrovert. Like I listen to podcasts while I write, so that I have someone's voice in the background while I write. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It has helped a lot to constantly be in touch with people who I normally probably wouldn't because time would run out. People would move on, you know, but like having the games keeps people in touch that normally you would probably just say goodbye to because life moves on and we're out of high school Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's definitely helped that. It's helped me be able to just talk (laughs) <laughs> like right. in general it lets me put some of the um the things that i'm dealing with 
into story form too, even if it doesn't seem like it. Like I don't like making a story that is just straight up like, whoa, politician. Um, Mm -hmm. But I can take my thoughts on matters and wrap them up inside stories and then just watch people explore that. Or like uh, in the the last episode of uh, the Patreon episode we did, The Raven and the Crow, like the ending to that is pretty much like me writing to people and writing and dealing with a lot of the stuff that I deal with that I'm never going to talk about. But it's all wrapped up in there. So if you, like, shift through it and think about it, you can see, in theory, you'll be able to hear stuff I'm talking about. But So it's really helped with that. But I think more than anything else, it lets me kind of do all the things that I wish I could have done. Like, wish I could have acted. Now I kind of am. Uh, Wish I'd have been a stand-up comedian. I try to be funny. Like... (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, that's that. Well, I think that's a, a good way to wrap it up and end it, unless suddenly Shannon has more things that sh- she desperately needs to share. Mm-mm. No? Nope. Hmm. Nope. Well, never mind then. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to wrap it up there, but thanks everyone for hanging out with us. Um, we're going to be playing the next episode, the next game session really, really soon. And with that, we'll have new episodes rolling out as well. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but just stay safe, stay healthy, do the right thing by you and Social everyone around distancing. you. Yeah. Stay home yeah. if you can. Yeah. Just, you know, take time to take care of everyone else. So, I don't know. We'll treat yourself. Treat yourself. The, the, the Church of Raylis says... Take time to take care of you. <laughs> exactly. Follow the All teachings right. of Rayla. Yep, there it is. All right. Well, we'll see you all later. Thanks.